What what um black functions should I come out to? <laughs> oh, you could come to the Freddie Fixer. Too you dangerous. Come, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you come to the Caribbean Festival. Now that one I should be coming out to. Yeah, definitely. You should have came out to that one because that was the precursor to the Puerto Rican festival. And the Puerto Ricans was at the Caribbean festival because Puerto Ricans are Caribbean people. Yeah, I should definitely. Wait, I mean, wait. So what was the conversation at your house, Harry, to make you go? Because I, I want to know. Well, I've been doing these shows with Lucy. Lucy has had the PRU people on a few times talking about it. So I had no choice because Karen is listening to all that stuff. And she's like, we're going. I, I'm sorry, I'm being interrupted by somebody. And I wanted to come on live. I'll be right back. All right. So anyway, I saw I saw the I saw all the the social media pictures of Harry and his wife uh, on the green. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Harry had one by himself. Like he was posting himself on Instagram. I was like, is that Harry Drones? Damn it. And then I saw him and Karen. So high five, Karen, for getting your husband to the green on a day that he's had to come back into New Haven where he wasn't working. Maybe we could get maybe we could get a setup where we could broadcast live from the festivals, you know, for all our sisters and brothers around the world who can't be at the festival. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So when I saw Harry's face come across my Instagram, I was like, I, I was like, either. Some aliens had to drag his ass to the green or his wife put her foot down and said, this is what we're doing. So either way, I would have won because his wife put her foot down. And she was like, we going. And I, from what I could tell, it was a beautiful day too. Sorry we couldn't be at the Puerto Rican Festival because we were on Oaks Bluff Martha's Vineyard for the uh, Jazz on the Vineyard concert which was phenomenal. I did not know Somi. Uh, I knew Daryl Harrison because he's New Orleans. I love New Orleans uh, uh, musicians. And so I, I knew of him. I didn't know of her. Uh, and I was tasked with being her concierge. 
And I didn't get to sell any merch because none of these people brought merch. So I didn't have nothing to sell. I was ready too. I was hyped. So anyway, there was nothing to sell, but I picked her up at the airport, got to know her, chatted with her, you know, directed her, stayed on top of whatever she needed, which was really easy and lovely. And she's very nice. And her band is great. And we made friends. I mean, we just, it was a whole vibe. It was just a whole vibe with them. Uh, I got her back to the airport to, so she'd get back to Harlem. But she was amazing. She had the most amazing red dress uh, that I wanted. And she it, uh, she gave me the name of the designer, which I'm sure when I go look for this thing, I can't afford it. But that's all right. You know, wishing is free. <laughs> wishing is free AF. So anyway, um, so that part about this video is great. You know, we stayed at the uh, Oak Bluffs Inn uh, with Eric and his wife. Uh, lovely, lovely people. Lovely. Eric is a brother too, by the way. Just, just FYI. Uh, but you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, 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 a white passing looking brother. <laughs> and he makes the best damn vegan waffles I've ever had. So they were amazing. So I had waffles and eggs every morning. I got up this morning. I was just looking around like, man, I sure wish Eric was here. <laughs> I sure I sure would like some breakfast. <laughs> we had a good time. Me, Ife, um, uh, uh, Markeisha, Ryan, Shah, Zania, and uh, Jada. And yesterday was Shah's birthday. Shah, Shah, Shah turned 27. Happy birthday, Shahzala. She turned uh, uh, 27. And it was a joy to celebrate with her yesterday uh, for her birthday. We went to a, a little Asian restaurant and uh, had they had sushi and, you know, I had vegetables. So it was great. It was great. It was great. It was great. Um, uh, I think her highlight was she got to meet Angela Davis. Um, uh, Angela Davis was there with her wife, Gina Dent, who was the sister of our friend, Lisa Dent. So we got to see them and say hello. And so I was, that was really nice. Angela Davis looks really, really good. She's like 87 years old. Her and Charlene Hunter-Gault. Charlene Hunter-Gault was there. Well, Thursday, she spoke at the, uh, uh, the Black Futures thing by the Community Foundation, which was really, really good. We caught the tail end of it when it was coming out of the Strand. And, we, and then uh, the Cousin Rose bookstore is across the street from the end. So a bunch of the Soros was over there because Charlene Hunter Gold is a Sora. And we all got books, those of us that registered. So I have a book, but I believe it's in Shah's car. So I'll get it at some point. I don't really need another book at my house. But anyway, so wait, so before I jump back into Martha's Vineyard stuff. So, so Harry, did you have a good time? Uh, yes, we got there at two and, and I left like 6.30. Now keep in mind, Baz, I left as soon as it started getting crowded. See, I, I don't do well when it starts getting crowded. So, you know, especially when it gets dark. Well, I just thought you had to leave because you didn't want to go to public bathrooms. Well, I, I came to the office to use. Oh, the, did you? Yeah. So, yeah, I went to use the public bathroom, by the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I came, we, we came over here like 530 and, and Norma was performing a wedding. Oh, really? It was weird, yeah. What's this, the Justice of the Peace? Yeah, I'm like at 
on a Saturday mid afternoon, she's like performing weddings. But um, yeah, no, it was fun. It was. By the way, I remember I went to that whaley thing earlier this summer. There was a whaley function that I I also posted pictures. But you were doing something that day too. I think so. I think I think it's like I think you're deliberately. I don't know what it is. I can't call it quite. But every time I invite you to stuff, you don't come. Karen maybe was, I'll just, I should just talk to Karen. Just, well, Karen was like, oh, we're going to probably see Babs down there. I'm like, Babs isn't even in New Haven. She, you know, she she scheduled her thing purposely so she doesn't have to deal with us Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I scheduled a whole jazz festival <laughs> on Martin's Vineyard so I can get away from the Puerto Ricans. Did, did you get to go to the, there was a, wasn't Kamala having a political function over there? Yeah, they, uh, they, they canceled it. Oh, they canceled it. I think there was some kind of security uh, oh. problem. Wow. There was security breach at the Planned Parenthood event too. Somebody got it. Somebody was tampering with the catering. Mm. So crazies are everywhere, Harry. I thought the venue would be the one place where nobody would be crazy, but I was wrong. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. So. Well, you look like you enjoyed yourself. And and by the way, I posted those pictures by mistake on the New Haven Independence Instagram. I don't know why. They look good. I saw them. I was like, like, is Harry actually there? I thought I was posting it on mine. And until I came in Monday, that Nora's like, wow, I saw your pictures on, on <laughs> Indy's Instagram. I'm like, what? <laughs> because Harry, it's probably so linked to your account, right? Like you you have access. Because yes. I have the same thing. Because I, I have to pay attention. Because I will be posting stuff to New Haven Independent too. I was like, wait, that's not on. Because we're administrators of it, so. Yeah, I have to be careful. Well, that's why I stopped posting on Facebook, because every once in a while we'll post something, some conservative thing, and it end up on New Haven in the front. I'll be like, oh, my God. And Paul would panic. <sighs> so I was like, oh, okay. So I just, and and this is a good example of it. I posted, I thought I was posting on mine, posted on New Haven Indy, <laughs> which, by the way, I changed the logo there if you go and look on the Instagram, I changed the New Haven Indie logo. To, you know, yeah. feedback would be appreciated because I could change it back. Oh, I'll uh, go look. It's under the, uh, you said the New Haven Independent or the radio? Yeah, New Haven Indie. Well, you know, so, we, we might like it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if people were paying attention to the logo. Probably not. Oh, I see it. NHI Indie. It's fine. Sometimes you gotta switch it up. I don't even know what was there before. It was just that man reading the oh, paper. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Boy, it was a lot of people at the um New Haven Independent Party. I mean, not damn the Puerto Rican Day Party. <laughs> oh, you got a hat too, Harry? Uh, yeah, I was. You know, we call it um, Hivaro, which is like a a hillbilly. And my he metal hat. You took a picture with uh uh Shafiq, which you can't who you can't vote for. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, or nor could you sign his uh I was like um petition. Some somebody here told me, oh, well, you know, you're gonna have to take a picture with Alica. I mean, it's only fair. No, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Was he even there? He likes to be in the mix of Puerto Rican speaking Spanish. You know, he was likes he to speak Spanish. Spanish. Blumenthal was there too. Because that's the only time he'll speak Spanish. Well, you know, you gotta schmooze people in whatever gifts you have. So I get it. I wish I could speak a bunch of languages myself. I might get some good food out of it. <laughs> you see how I'm motivated. If I spoke different languages, I'd, I'd go straight for the food. <laughs> <laughs> so did you eat well? Like, what did, did they have Puerto Rican vendors? Uh, yes, they had plenty of Puerto Rican vendors. I, wow. I, I ate very well. I broke the diet for that day. Yeah, but you had like a gazillion points. So did you really break the diet? No. I don't think you did, Harry. It felt like I did. It felt like I did because I had a bunch of, you know, kebabs, which we call pinchos. Yeah, but there was just chicken, right? Yeah, right. So I ate two kebabs full of chicken breast, right, which is zero for me. So... It was literally not a lot of points for me, but I ate a lot. Oh, good. So, but it was good. It was good. You know, you know, I, I I'm one of those guys who who loves the nightlife, Babs. <laughs> during the day, <laughs> during the day, <laughs> I, I try to get it be inside the house before it gets dark. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, scar- I'm scarred by the neighborhood I grew up in. Oh my God. <laughs> when it turned dark, you were dodging bullets. Oh my God. That's too funny. Well, I'm glad you went. I, I really am glad that you went. Because I think that's, you know, I didn't want you to miss that because you're Puerto Rican. Get out there with Puerto Rican people. You know, it's- next year you come into the festival, you come to the Caribbean festival, so you can get all that good Jamaican ass food. You know, you just got to remind me because I'll forget. Oh, no, I'll remi- Oh, I'll be on you, Harry. But yes, definitely. <laughs> that's, that's like. And, you know, it, I would be slick to be like, oh, you was at the Puerto Rican festival. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Bella and I love the Jamaican uh, people. Oh, I know. She thinks she, she <laughs> You know, you got to hear Bella trying Jamaican. to speak Jamaican. I think she thinks she's Jamaican. How's her hair going? How's her locks going? Oh, she she's good. They look beautiful. Bella's beautiful. She's so grown now. I know. School, eighth grade, seventh grade, fifth grade, what grade? Uh, I don't know. She's uh, 11. Oh, I don't even know, Harry. Don't give me the <laughs> seventh grade, maybe, fifth grade. Probably fifth know. grade. Fifth grade? Yeah. That sounds about right. I don't know. I'm out that game. I don't even keep track. <laughs> yeah, right now she's she's been a, she's in a flag football league she just won a bunch of championships in the flag football league so she's She's my girl that's my girl right there she's She's the quarterback that she's she she's got a good arm listen it's like we talk about bella yeah bella bella do we think she put her mind to 
That, that other one, though, she needs a tutu to play football. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, she's winning all her dance competitions. I know she is because she <laughs> likes to dress up. She likes to sparkle and shine. Yeah. It's it's the baby, Lumi, that we're trying to figure out what's, you know. What's she going to do? What's her personality? Right now, all she does is smirk at, her, at you all the time. Oh, she got that from you. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm a side eye, y'all. Yep. Y'all are on my nerves. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Bass, let me get you get back to your story. You're wonderful. Well, I was very pleased to see you at the Puerto Rican Day Festival. That's all I'm going to say. Those pictures really, I was like, whoa! And you walked okay? You was walking all right? I walked okay. The next day, Sunday, I, my hips hurt. Yeah. Like a it was month. probably a lot. Probably yeah. was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Because you don't realize how much it is until you do it you know yeah so. all right all right get back to get back to whatever the hell you're doing behind the scenes yeah welcome back i was actually helping the lawyer next door so oh what are you helping him with speak spanish <laughs> no computer issues oh okay is he paying you <laughs> you know they bring me lots of free coffee so all right okay i work for coffee all <laughs> welcome right. back <laughs> thank you it's nice to be back i had a good time had a good time. So Watchers Vineyard is my happy place for sure. So saw a lot of people on uh, Martha's Vineyard. So uh, hey, Ms. McCraven. Ms. McCraven is a fan. Ms. McCraven is a, a fan, you know, Paul's wife, Paul McCraven's wife. She's a fan. I saw the desires. They have a house on Martha's Vineyard. Talk about come by, drink all the wine you want. But I, I didn't get a chance that, you know, because we were there for such a compact amount of time. Um, it was uh it was it was challenging to get around. I saw my sorrow Marsha. I'm not happy when I'm on the vineyard, I don't see Marsha because Marsha is one of the funniest people, one of the funniest people on the planet. So I saw Marsha, saw a bunch of sorrow. I mean, he was like sorrow central. Uh I for the first time since I've ever been on the vineyard, I did not buy anything at Say La Vie because everything was sold out. I went for a new magnet for my car, Delta Sigma Theta on Martha's Vineyard magnet for my car because my my one i have is faded wear and tear natural whatever but i guess i have to keep it until i get back i guess that's it so i i wanted to say let me they had a line they had lines from the time we arrived to the time we left so i suffered through a line and uh yeah oh i tell you what uh i had a bunch of hot dogs from fat ronnie's i ate my fill of hot dogs Hot dogs with lettuce, I mean lettuce tomatoes. Hot dogs with yellow mustard and sauerkraut, which is how I like it, on a split bun, which is how I like it. So I ate, I ate a great many hot dogs from Fat Ronnie's. It was really, really good. The concert was amazing. Somi was a consummate performer. Uh, she, she, whoever's listening from Arts and Ideas, y'all really should book her. You would, she would be an amazing add to the arts and ideas festival um and her and samara joy were just at the newport festival up the road um so that's how she was able to just hop on over um and otis uh is her uh her drummer who was very nice and toro which is he's a japanese piano player and uh he was a bad man on the on the uh on the piano and uh otis was a bad brother on the drums and I mean, it was just a nice, it was just a nice, uh, D.L. Hughley was, uh, stayed at the house across the street from us, uh, cause he was in town doing a comedy show, added an extra day. 
so he was walking around and you know he was he was on the vineyard and you know it was low-key at least as far as i'm concerned but i i hear he got kind of got mobbed further down the circuit Ave. uh but nobody was bothering him up where we were so it was really 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 nice to uh know that he was in town it was a bunch of people in town uh uh hannah nicole jones was in town i saw fair griffiths at the uh at the uh at the uh jazz festival uh let's see carrie may weems is on the island uh and our great love uh uh marianne Lumi martin uh was on martha's vineyard we took some great pictures with her we had like minutes to spare to go park get in line for the ferry uh, so we saw her it was so nice to see her from marrakesh to martha's vineyard so and she looked good and she's so elegant and she's such a charming woman and uh she was just getting around beautifully so uh so i believe eric is gonna eric from uh concorp is gonna go and see her on wednesday and spend some time so that'd be nice because i'm sure they have lots to talk about uh, but it was it sure was nice to see her to see her here you know because last time we saw her it was in 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 uh in marrakesh so uh, we had a good time. We had a really, really good time. Um, I had a good time. I finished um, The Other Side of Prospect, the book. I don't know if I should talk about it now. I'll talk about it in the next hour, which I think I might talk about it in the next hour because I'm so glad that I read it at the Vineyard because it the Vineyard is my happy place. And it was so much like this was like a this book ought to be a, a, a class, a master class in, in all the things because it was a lot and it was painful and it's underneath my skin so uh it was a lot it was just a lot so but i i'll just leave it there i'll i'll leave it right there and i'll think about it some more uh in the next hour so but we had a we had a great time on martha's vineyard um uh ife and ryan well ife mostly she took the polar bear plunge. So she said when she comes again, she's going to do it every single day. I, I'm not going to uh, take that bet, uh, but I know how to get to the water and sit there and watch everybody do it. I, I particularly don't want to get in the water. And uh, so I won't, uh, but, uh, but it'd be nice to watch them and to be amongst them. And you know, right after you could do yoga, there's yoga. So it's anywhere between 100 to 200 people on the beach in the water doing the plunge. You know, and it's a, it's a, and it's an honest to God, you know, aqua aerobic kind of vibe. You know, they working out in the water, and then you get up on the sand, and you do some yoga. And I don't want to do any of that. So I spend my time sitting on the porch uh, at the Oak Bluffs Inn, which is really, really nice, and. Uh, and uh, seeing people that I know, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Uh, brought my daughter a, a donut back from a backdoor donut because she really likes them and she's whining. But I brought her the wrong kind, but she didn't care. She was like, I'll eat it. All right. So I brought her a fritter, apple fritter, which is the size of her head instead of the cinnamon donuts. I didn't, she didn't say. She, I just assumed. So, uh, you know, that was that. And now, I mean, really, you know, we had a, we had a club Oak Bluff Inn, Club OBI, 
but we had a whole full-on party with music Saturday night. It was a vibe. I mean, Friday night was a vibe too, but Saturday night was a full-on nightclub and, and the innkeeper encouraged it. <laughs> Eric, the innkeeper, encouraged us. He was like, it's Saturday night. Yeah, get loud. It's Saturday night in August. And you know, it's Black August. So we had such a good time. It was such a, it was such a, such a, yeah, shout out to Eric, the innkeeper. Like we, we would stay there again and again and again and again and again because he was so good to us and kind to us. And, you know, when I wanted more wine, he was like, I got some. He brought me a big-ass glass of wine. I was like, okay, well, you pull this from the, from the innards of the, of the, of the, of the inn? Like, what, where is he? You got a wine cellar somewhere? So it was really nice. We had such a good time. It was such a good time. The festival ran off well. You know, a few glitches here and there, which is fine. I mean, you can't, you can't have a, an event without some hiccups. I mean, you're just going to have hiccups. You know, something's going to go awry. Like, you know, when we were going to the venue, when we were on our way to the venue, there was a, a car caught on fire and blocked the roads. So we had to go all the way around the damn island to get like an hour and a half. All, we were like five seconds from the entrance to the alpaca farm. But there was a car that caught on fire. So the police and the fire department and fire trucks had all blocked off. So we had to go all the way back around the island, which was an hour and a half to get to a two-second entrance. Anyway, but I mean, that's so, you know, you, you can't prepare for that. It's one of those things. You just, you just like, oh, okay. It's one of these things. So this is one of those things. It was good. We had a good time. We had we had a really good time. It was very. There was a a, a Delta Sigma Theta sorority luncheon that sold out. I wasn't going anywhere, even if it wasn't sold out. I tell you, I try to explain to people when I'm on that island, I don't want to run to do stuff like I run to do stuff here in New Haven. When I'm in New Haven, I run the streets hard. We run these streets. We go to all the stuff. When I'm at Martha's Vineyard, I want to slow drag. I really just was like, because I, I mean, when I was, when you know, when we were first going to Martha's Vineyard, we'd go to all the parties. Anybody who was having a party, we was at their party, white party, porch party, backyard party, barbecue, uptown, east town, west chop, over there. We'd be at everybody's party for hours, night, into the night, into the morning, sunrise. And then I realized that's not, I'd come back home exhausted. I was like, this was supposed to be vacation. So then I learned to slow my roll and be like, I'll see people. I can see people. Once you walk in this, once you walk down Circuit Avenue, if people are around, you'll see them. You know, you'll see them. Uh, and so we saw lots of people because the Oak Buck Inn sits right there on the at the at the at the beginning of uh Circuit Avenue. You know, so people have to come up it or down it one way or the other. And so we're there so people can see us. You know, people did see us. We saw people we know. I saw more people from New Haven than when I see them. I never see them in New Haven, but I see them, but I always see them in Oak Bluffs. Swear to God, people I never see. I never see them in New Haven, ever, ever, ever. But as soon as I get on Martha's Vineyard, I see them. <laughs> I see them. I'm like, oh, hey. And I think New York, New Haven has a very unique relationship to Martha's Vineyard. 
It's a very, very unique relationship. And uh, it's it's a good one. So I, I've enjoyed myself immensely. It's, it's one of my favorite places to go, honestly. I just like all the Black people. Yeah, there's some white people there. But for the most part, it's Black. And August is Black August. you know. And there are Black people that live there, that one, live there. And then there are Black people that summer there all summer, right? Like, they're there. Like, they're there. Um, so... I don't, I don't mind it. I, don't, I, 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 uh, if I had the money, there's a house right now on Narragansett that sits right there on Narragansett and, uh, 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 on, on the, on the road that sits in front of the, the inkwell. And, and I, I think it's like 2 million or 4 million. I wish, I wish I had some money cause I would buy it and then I would renovate the hell out of it. Cause I, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I, I realize now I don't want to live in an old house. I need to live in an old house with modern stuff. So uh, I, so if I had the money, I would certainly buy that damn thing and uh, renovate the hell out of it. Not not take away his charm or his character, but, you know, it would get, it would get a new face. It would get new paint. It would get a fresh landscape and a continued landscaping. Uh, it'd get all new furniture and mattresses. Uh, it would get probably new cabinets, maybe. Uh, new appliances, for sure. Washing machine and dryer. Uh, if the basement needs to be finished, then it will get finished. You know, it's that kind of stuff. You know, I would bring the washing machine and dryer upstairs if possible. You know, because it's, it's a big house. But it's a, it sits right there near Gansett. And I was like, right there. Because I, I really would like a beach house. I would like a house that sits across from the beach as close as possible so I could just go to the beach or sit on the porch and look out over the beach. That's what I would want. But, you know, I'm not a woman of means or fortune. So I'm just wishing. <laughs> I'm, I'm wishing. But since since we are very good at manifesting and we are very good at manifesting, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. So anyway, uh, sometime today, I've got to check in with uh, the LSAT people and go ahead and register a time to take my LSAT. So there's been this, this, this conversation between me and my cohort about taking it in person and taking it online. and. Uh, some of them took it, uh, took the August LSAT just this past weekend, and uh, and they they didn't enjoy the in person either. So I was like, damn, I took mine online. I didn't have a tough. I mean, the, the the tough time that I had online taking the LSAT was technical because we some of us were at the law school trying to take it, and they had terrible Wi Fi, and we couldn't we didn't have any cords to connect to the external. So I had to come home, log in from my my uh, my desktop, and uh, take the test. And it was fine. I mean, I, I had a good proctor, but some of them had terrible proctors, mean Nazi proctors. I didn't have that. I had a I had a, a cool proctor who didn't sweat me too much. You know. Uh, so so we'll see. So I have to make that decision. I think I'm inclined to just continue to take it online because that's what the hell I'm used to. 
and I don't know how I feel if I get it with a pencil and paper. I think I think that would get on my nerves. So I think and I have to be online and uh, God knows there'll probably be no time. I might have to take it on a Friday instead of a Saturday so I could get it out the way. We'll see. When I go in to log in to see what's available to me, which will be a pain in the ass. I'm sure of it because I couldn't do it before I left because it was janky. So I was like, and then I had to go. So, and they, they didn't open the portals uh, by the time I was getting on the road to go to, uh, to Martha's Vineyard. And I don't have my laptop because it's still at the doggone fix it people. <laughs> I'm going to call them and find out, can I get my laptop back? Because they fixed it. They fixed the screen, but they didn't put the touch screen on it. So I had to take it back and say, this is not a touch screen. I need a touch screen. This is what I get for dropping it. This is really what I get. Um, this is really what I get. This is really what I get. So, you know. Uh, Anyway, so enough of that. I'll, I'll live. I'll call them today too. I have to go see the doctor today. So, cause you know, I'm on Ozempic and people have noticed I've lost some weight. I'm down 24 pounds. And uh, I guess people noticed it because people who hadn't seen me like, hey, she trimmed down. Yes, yes, I have. So. Uh, I, I've noticed it only because it's my body and I know how my clothes are fitted. So, so I'm looking forward to the next, the next leg of whatever this is. So, so I go to see the doctor today and we, we decide whether we, you know, hit the next level or what do we do and, uh, you know, make it do what it do, uh, make it do what it do. And, uh, you know. It's fine. So far, uh, so far, uh, I feel all right. You know, so, uh, so far I feel all right. I don't feel, uh, whatever the, um, uh, whatever the, um, uh, whatever the side effects were, I don't feel them. So, uh, they're not, they're not on me. So, uh, so yesterday would have been a day where I would have taken another shot, but um, there, there, there's some insurance concerns or whatever, some glitches. So, uh, so many things, so many things, so many things. Oh, and then that Friday, uh, on my way going, I wanted to, I deposited a check and didn't put for mobile. And so they rejected it. I was like, oh, for mobile banking. So I did that this morning and they've accepted it. I was like, all I had to do was put, and I knew better, right? Like it tells me on the mobile thing, make sure you put the thing. But I was like, I was doing so many things and juggling so many things uh, that I was just like, I was ahead of myself. That's really what it was. You ever get ahead of yourself? You know, just ahead of yourself. So I was ahead of myself. I was just ahead of myself. So I'm looking forward. So now when I'm thinking about Martha's Vineyard next year, I'm thinking about, you know, how could we stay longer? You know, I'd like to stay longer. And, you know, Harry, I think maybe if I stay longer, we could just, I could just do my show. 
I can just do my show from Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I can sit down on the porch. They got good Wi-Fi. I can just do my, my show right from the porch on Martha's Vineyard. Have people come by and talk to me. He'd be like, well, tell me how you're doing. What's happening? What you up to? That's all I'm saying. You know, I think I think I could pull that off. I only need two hours. I can sit right there. Whoever comes on the porch, they can sit and talk to me. We can have a conversation. It'd be fun. I think we should plan that for next year. I could do that. Or I could just take a whole damn week and just be like, I'm not working. Or, you know, or take take two weeks and not be working. You know. That's all I'm saying. So we'll see what happens. Oh, what the year will bring. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the what the year will bring. And uh I got a lot to do. I have so much to do. And I gotta get back on the uh the LSAT application process because I'm a little bit behind. I got to get to working with my uh uh, uh all the writing stuff I need to do. You know, I've got to uh work on my you know, my personal statement. I've got to work on uh I finished my uh diversity statement. So there's stuff I gotta do. stuff I got to do. I'll get to it. I don't have too much in front of me. I think the only thing that's in front of me now um, is uh, Juanita's six dimension stuff. Uh, I'm facilitating a conversation with that. Oh, tomorrow I got to meet with the SCSU president. Uh, I am uh, working on producing a podcast for the COP folks. That's kind of fun. I'm enjoying that. Uh, let's see, my friend Bobby and uh, her, and her daughter Jill, who is my good friend too, uh, we're having lunch this week because Jill will be back in town and I haven't seen Bobby in a minute. So I'll get to see her. And uh, so, so this, week is, this week is, you know, it's hard when you come back on a Monday because today is Tuesday, but it feels like Monday. And it was a nice drive. I think from now on, I'll come back from Martha's Vineyard on a Monday because that that really was a nice drive at, at, in the afternoon. I was like, I mean, I got home about 8.30, but still it was nice. Uh, let's see. Next week, next week. I mean, and then uh, Lit Fest is coming up. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Serafina and Desmond's wedding. Um, let's see. Freedom Futures, the Fred Hampton event is coming up uh, on his birthday, August 30th. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a few things going on. There's a few things going on uh, that's coming, coming our way, coming down the pike. And, and I will keep you posted. And, you know, this weekend too is on Black Wall Street on New Haven Green. And I don't want people to miss that because uh, Avery Washington is doing a great job of promoting it. And, you know, listen, you don't got to stay for the whole thing. It's like, I don't know, it's like from 12 to 8 o'clock. And it'd be fun. They've got music and DJs. they got food trucks. they got all kinds of stuff. It's just going to be a whole mood. It's going to feel like homecoming, I would imagine. That's that's the vibe I'm getting from it. So, so yeah, so I'm going to get down there and uh, hang out a little bit, see people, take some pictures, chat up, maybe maybe do some live streaming from it if, if I can. 
and uh and and just be part of be with the peoples that's that's the thing um uh, and just take it all in so so well you know we'll see this there's some stuff there's, there's some summer left there's some summer left we although i feel like summer you know because june was so cold right so we lost june so we all we had was july and now august and july was so damn rainy and it's still kind of rainy so but you know we're gonna make our way so let me tell you something we are still out here with these chairs i love it love 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 so Allah got her some chair earrings so i gotta go and see I, now, now you know i got to get me some Kay sent me a, a link to some that had like rhinestones in them you know glitz shiny i was like well if i'm aware if i'm aware chairs they got to be sparkly so so i might give me a pair of those we'll see what happens <laughs> well we'll see what we'll see what happens we'll see what all happens uh but people are out here the chair memes are still funny people are still out here there's been some other beat that chair beat downs uh, what they're gonna do legislate chairs they they'll be they'll be quick to leg legislate chair usage but they won't legislate gun usage who knew so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know there's some stuff going on in the world. You know, when you're on Martha's Vineyard, you do not pay attention to the, to the, uh, to the, uh, to the news. At least I do not, because I I really go really off, off the. Uh, uh, I really do go off the grid, and uh, not off the grid, but I, I don't concern myself with the news unless somebody brings it to me. I don't sit and watch the news in the end has just a TV in the great room. So I turned that on not one bit. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So, so, uh, so yeah. So there's a lot going on. And then, you know, the New Haven Docs Film Festival is coming up. I've got films that I got to watch, which I might try to watch today because it's going to be a rainy day. So I might spend my time watching uh, some of the films that I'm tasked with watching. Uh, I mean, they're shorts anyway, so they're not like two-hour films. They're like, you know, 30 minutes here, 15 minutes there. So I'll get my pad and pen out, make some notes, watch them, and have an opinion about them. And then I think there's some that I'm going to be facilitating a conversation about, um, some very specific ones. So, so yeah, so I need to uh, get with the team and talk with them about what, I, what I'm willing to do, what they need me to do, and what I actually can do. <laughs> oh and then i've got a talk i'm hosting a talk for the links uh with the sister who uh uh i i am uh let me let me let me get this right because i want to get this right because i, I have to start talking about it at some point michelle horde so i'll be with uh i will be having a conversation with michelle horde on september 29th and she is the woman whose husband uh uh um, killed their child because he was in a way and uh you know he was she was filing for divorce and i i you know it's not just her child too man you that's your child too so you killed your own child and, and you know yeah he, he killed his own child i i i and i and i trying to hurt her you 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 succeeded 
Do you know what I mean? Like you succeeded, but you also hurt yourself. You know, you you also uh you also hurt yourself. And uh you know, I, I think he died too. I want to say he died too. You know, I think he killed her and killed them. I kind of wish he didn't kill herself. Um, but it does have a, a, a date for him. So, um, so we'll see. Yeah, they, they, uh, they have a date. Let's see. Let me see what happened. So, uh, uh, Oh no, he's serving a life sentence. But did he die in jail? So he he is he is currently serving. Oh, he's currently serving a life sentence in prison. And you know, the best thing that she could do is go ahead. She started a foundation for her, her daughter. And uh uh it was a two-year murder trial. Uh, and he was found guilty. So he he murdered their daughter which I don't I don't I don't know how you do that I I just don't know how you do it and uh, uh so anyway she she he smothered her uh, uh he was he was in a they were in a divorce I don't know how you do it I just don't know how you do it. And uh, God help him. You know, uh, God help him. Just. <laughs> God help him. Is he still alive? So anyway, I'm going to be in conversation with her. And I've been, I, I'm going to start thinking about how I want to. And she was seven. So she wasn't like she was like a baby, right? She had some awareness, like her father is killing her. Like she had some awareness, like she had some awareness. So uh, I, I don't know how he do it. And, you know, he gets to sit in prison and think about this. You know, I, I that's too much. You know, that's just, a, it's just a lot. You know, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't I don't know how you do it. And I don't I don't even want to talk to him about it. Like I, I wouldn't even want to, I don't even want to hear his rationale. There's nothing you can say to me that would make me want to hear anything that it choked her. How do you do that? Ugh. I don't know how you do it. And uh, so I'm going to, anyway, I'm in conversations with her. I haven't read the book. I probably will read the book or maybe not. I know the story. I had a friend, my, my cousin Sharon's friend, um, many years ago, she was dating a guy, got pregnant by him, broke up with him. He hid in the bushes, jumped out, shot her, killed the baby and killed herself. She didn't die though. The, uh, the girl didn't die. But the child died and he died. And I don't know how you live with that. 
I don't know how you live with that. That was right here in New Haven. I said, you know, you have to be careful with these these people, man. I don't I don't know. You know, I guess she must have had some sense that she needed to get out of that relationship because she divorced him. But uh, I didn't think I I don't think any mother thinks that a, another parent is going to do this kind of harm. I because I, this woman is a well educated woman, smart, and and has all her sense about her. I I never I know she never thought well, I'm gonna send my baby to this man for his visits with her. She's gonna spend the weekend with her dad. I know his her dad loves her. I I know she I know she did not know he was capable of that level of inhumanity and evil. I I know she didn't know that. I know it. You know, uh, uh, and and that's tough. That's that's tough. And and I and. I'm sure she went through. Did I see the sign? I I don't think you, I don't think you see the sign. I think parents killing kids is a whole other level of you don't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, unless you're in an abusive relationship, but I don't I don't. But even if you're in an abusive relationship, if he's beating your ass, he's not beating the kids. You're still not going to think, oh, this is how this is going to go. No, I, I don't think that at all. I think you think, all right, I'm gonna get out of this and then that's it. So anyway, uh that's a I think I believe she's remarried. So so I'm gonna just meditate and think about how I wanna have this conversation with her about this book and uh and you know where she is with it. I mean, you know, and And what that, what that, uh, what does, what, what does it mean to her now? You know, how, what is her life like now? You know, and how, how do you, how do you go on? How do you move on? You know, every time you see a little girl somewhere, you know, I mean, that ache has got to just drag you a little bit, you know, I mean, but we all, but you know, we all have, we all have abilities to move through things. Um, some of us do anyway. And uh, and create a, a a a reasonable facsimile of a life for ourselves beyond the trauma experienced. Uh, and uh, I know something about that. And uh, I, it doesn't leave you, I think. And uh, I, I believe you you can thrive around it. So so anyway, I'm looking forward to the conversation. We'll see what happens. So I'm gonna take a break in about two minutes, and uh, and then I'm gonna come back, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna talk about the other side of Prospect by uh, Nicholas Davidoff because I finished it on Martha's Vineyard, and uh, it was it was such a I I don't even I think I think the problem I'm having with it is that it's so unfinished still to me. Like there's so many loose tentacles that I, and and I, the, the, his book isn't to, to clean that up. I just, I just want to know more like, well, what are they doing now? Well, what are police departments doing now? Like what is New Haven doing now? So that you never have these kinds of detectives pull this kind of mess again. You know, what happens at the, at the state's attorney office? How do they verify and check how do they do their due diligence? 
And, and do they just take the word of police officers and reports without doing some, at least some checking in? I don't, I don't know how their whole system works. So I feel at a loss as to why these things happen. So, but I'll be back at 10.15. I'm gonna go drink some more water and uh, I'll see y'all in a minute.
Hey, welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on 103.5 WNHH. You know, we are live streaming on the New Haven Independent and Facebook and Twitter. Or is it, we can't say Twitter anymore on X. <laughs> the site formerly known as Twitter uh, and YouTube. So you can catch me. And some of y'all do because you let me know. And I'm so grateful that y'all are tuned in listening to my brand of whatever this is. So as as promised, I, I wanted to, I, I read this, I finished it on Martha's Vineyard, um, The Other Side of Prospect uh, by Nicholas Dowdoff, the story of, the story of violence and justice in the American city. And, you know, uh, uh, when I first finished reading it, I was so exhausted because there was so, so much to unpack. And I believe the Yale Divinity School, this is their all, this is their citywide read, their Divinity School read, which, which is amazing because I didn't know they got into stuff like this, but they, they're going to tackle it. And it's going to be a lot and it's going to be a rough ride. Uh, and I, I just, I, I think number one, I'm, I'm going I'm to have a conversation with Nicholas Davidoff because I think he's having conversations about this book in the wrong sort of way. Um, because I thought this was just going to be a charming little, not so much a charming book, but I just thought, well, we'll see some stuff. We'll hear some stuff. He'll say some stuff. But this is really something else. This is painful. And uh, it's painful. And and once you read it, you are compelled to have some feeling about it and maybe some clarion call to action about it. At least that's my feeling. Uh, it, it's a story of a young man who gets caught up in confessing to a murder he did not commit. And, and everybody around him knows he didn't commit this murder. The detectives, the police, the state's attorney. And, and yet they go down this soul train line of foolishness and I, I kept thinking at any moment now, someone is going to say, this is wrong. And no one does. They just dig in deeper. And I, 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 I feel like that is such a tool of white supremacy. It's such a tool of white supremacy to just, I don't care. This is what we're going to do. I don't care. And, and I, I was just baffled by the depth to which people were willing to carry out this travesty to the bitter end. And it's just, it makes me, it makes me sad for this country. It makes me sad for Black people that we on top of everything else that we have endured. And, and I don't think we talk about enough what we have endured in this country. We have not talked, you know, we got that stupid ass Jennifer Aniston running around here trying to call out Jamie Foxx for a conversation that he was having about black, about in a, in a language that black people use. And she just gets into her white stupid head that it's, it's she, this is the thing that white people don't know nothing about black people. 
And she's the dumbest one of them all, I think. And I'm so mad at her. But then, of course, she would be on a friend, a show called Friends, but there's no Black people in it. So I used to have sympathy for her because I felt she got a broad deal with the way her husband was snatched from her ass and she can't ever keep a man. But I have no sympathy for her because she just came out her bag. And that says to me, she don't got no Black friends. She don't hang around no Black people. Because if she would have read that quote, and had black friends, she would have known that nobody was talking about Jews. I, black people don't sit around talking about Jews like that. We just don't. I don't know no black people sitting around talking about Jews as they then. You know who we say they then? We say black people. We're talking about our circle, our circles of people, our pools of people, our culture. That's how we say they then. So I just so. So just all these things just run running my mind together when I think about the foolishness of white people and 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 how black people carry can use the tools of white supremacy. So Clarence Wallaby, Horsey, and Michael and uh well, I don't even know if his name is Michael Quinn, but Quinn, they were detectives. And they for the life of me, I don't understand who supervises them. Like who supervises them? And and no one checks. There, there was no checks and balances to this thing. No one says, hey, detectives, before we submit this to the state's attorney office, let's walk through this and, and help me be compelled why you think this. And then there ought to be a, a, a check mark, right? Well, did you check forensics? Do we get anything back for this? How, listen, I'm no cop. I watch enough cop shows from Barney Miller to Brooklyn Nine-Nine to, to, to Law and & Order. And I would imagine that you, as the chief of detectives, I guess, they got to have somebody over these cats, right? Hey, show me what you got on this case, on the Fields case. All right, did, did we get the prints back from the car? Was there prints? Did you check them? Let me see them. What, what came of it? Did you canvass the community and found out anything about who did this? What do people say on the streets? Y'all on the streets? What people were saying? Was there any cameras in the area that we could run tape? I'm no cop. I just watch enough cop shows in my lifetime, like we all have, to ask regular questions. These are not difficult, outrageous questions. These, this is how I would, anybody that does quality control, checks and balances would ask these questions. But apparently no one asked these questions. Apparently. And, and how do you get away with picking up a kid, a 14-year-old kid off the street, putting him in your police car without parents or relatives knowing about it, holding him for hours and hours and hours, having conversations with you in a lowly tape recorder. You get a confession out of him because he's tired. He wants to go home. He don't know what's happening. You're the, you're, you're the representation of authority and you look like him and you betray him for your own ego-driven crap. You know what? Clarence Wallaby had what three or four aneurysms? He should have had 10. 
and and one of them should have killed him because I just think that you you're gonna go to your grave with this miscarriage of justice is unconscionable to me. But I tell you what I do know, I know what you're made of because we got the same DNA. So I know what you're made of and I know who you are. So I can tell you, I can tell you the sociopathic tendencies run deep. That's all I'm gonna say. I know what you're made of because I'm made of the same stuff. So when I tell you, I know what I see, I see it. I see it. So when I was reading this, I was like, oh. And then I'm listening, I'm reading the answers and I'm thinking, I know what this is. I, I know, I know, I know what this is. I know to my core what this is. I spent a lifetime trying to overcome that part of the DNA that is sociopathic. I get it. I get it. And and I anybody can say whatever the hell they want to me about it. I know what I know what I know. And we share the same DNA, same DNA. And I, 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 and I know what that is. I know, I know what that is. So, so, so the travesty of the, the, the tragedy of this continues to go on and on and on and on to the point where this kid goes to jail for what? 14, 10 years, 12 years, however long it is. A day is too damn long. So he goes to prison and, and he's 14, 15 years old and 16. And he's got to grow up in prison. And thank God there were some kind people. And, and prison is full of kind people. I will say this. I, there are kind people in prison. Kind, generous of spirit people in prison. Contrary to what you heard. There are kind and generous, decent people in prison who want to see people succeed and turn their life around. There are. And uh, thank God this young man had some of that uh, in his path because it was an unbearable situation. Because I don't know how you sit in prison for a crime you did not commit and a crime such as murder. And so here's the other part for me. So the kid who was the hired assassin uh, was killed by a hired assassin. So uh, the Fields case is still open, right? It's not solved. The, the, the Fields family don't have closure. It's an open case. And, and for my money, you know, and, and the Fields girlfriend that lady, I don't know if she's still alive, but she's got to be a very old lady by now. She's still alive. You know, uh, I think she had a bigger hand in all of this than has been let on. I'm not accusing her. I'm just saying more questions need to be asked. Why wasn't she questioned a little bit more, uh, a little bit more frequently? I mean, why just, why wasn't she questioned? <laughs> I, I don't understand any of that. And her connection to the kid who was the hired assassin was this his friend? And so uh, uh, everybody in the community knew who did this. Everybody. It, the, the people who got pegged for it, everybody knew they didn't do it. <laughs> but the level of cowardness, and it's cowardness. It's just cowardice. 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 The level of cowardice of the people that lived on West Ivy Street, 
the people that live in this community, the cowardice. And and I listen, I know there's a great deal of fear because retaliation in those days was fierce and swift. Um, but you know, it wasn't like it was 50 people doing this. It was just a handful of people. It was just a hand people, a handful of people being terrorists. And they were terrorists. You know, what's the definition of terrorism? To keep people from doing what you what they ordinarily would do, the right thing to do. But you you stop them because you threaten them with death. So, so due to that, to the fear, the anxiety, uh, uh, and the possibility that you would be next, it kept people tongue-tied. And they watched this young, these young kids get marched through a system for a crime they did not commit. And I, <laughs> that is unconscionable on so many levels. That alone is unconscionable. You know, they, they were acting like slaves to a handful of terrorists who owned them. Because that's really what happens when you're not willing to pick up the phone or call or tell or whatever. You are a slave and you are owned by the very people who hold that over your head. So everybody knew that these kids didn't do this. Bobby and Kwame. The, the blessing was that Kwame got Diane Pollen before she died. And, and Bobby did it. And I, I, I think for me, the disconnect is at anywhere in this doggone process, somebody should have connected the dots and they didn't for whatever reasons. I don't know because they let these cocky ass detectives just have carte blanche run amok. Oh, we don't want to get in their way because they are rocking and rolling. They close cases. Did anybody ever question how they're closing cases? No, no, it's just making us look good. So every cop, Every cop got to own some of this. Every cop that didn't do or say or step in or ask a question got some of this on them too. I don't care if it's the chief, the assistant chief, the cats walking the beats, the cats that knew them from, co from having coffee in the locker rooms. If you knew something and you didn't say anything, you're not even a cop. You are a slave you are a slave because you don't want to say you see wrong we tell kids all the time if you see wrong say whatever is wrong if you do wrong cop to what you've done wrong cops not doing that they are tight-lipped i guess a blue tongue is swollen because nobody says it. Now they now here's the here's the thing. They're all thinking it. They all are like, something's not right here. They all are saying it amongst each other, outside each other. They're all like, but but they all turn a blind eye. All of them. They turn a blind eye. They don't say nothing. They go about their business. Oh, whatever. 
and maybe there's some jealousy there. Maybe there's some whatever. I mean, there's little snide things that are being said. We the, we the B team, we the da da da, all the things. But no one has the courage. No one, no one in that whole police department has the courage to say this is wrong. No one has the courage. No one. They see these kids. They see these kids getting railroaded, and everybody shrugs their shoulders and be like, "Oh well, you know, that's 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 horsey. That's Quinn." And they knew Quinn was caught up because they were like, "Quinn's a good guy." Well, he's not a good guy because he's going along with this foolishness. So how how are you a good guy going along with foolishness? What is Clarence Willoughby holding something over you? What's happening? Because you want to be a star so bad within the detective world that you would allow a miscarriage of justice at this level. This is somebody's life. It's not just somebody. It's a damn kid. It's a kid. It's a kid. And, and here's the thing. We already had one of these, Scott Lewis and them, right? No, 10 years before this even went down. What is happening? I'm just, uh, I'm, 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 I'm just sick with this. I'm reading this and I'm thinking it can't, I'm reading this, I'm thinking it can't get any worse. Holy cow, it gets worse and worse. And listen, the young man's family abandoned him pretty much, except for his grandfather, his mama, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what her deal is. I don't know what her disconnect is. I don't know any of that. You know, he's got he's got some friends who hold it down for him, but he spent a lot of time in prison without support. He comes out, he doesn't have support. I mean, it's just it's just a, it's just a lot. And and this is just one case that we know about. And I feel like if there's just one case, do we need to go throw open the curtains on all the other cases that were questionable? I, I definitely would look at all the Wallaby cases, the Willoughby cases. I would definitely look at all the Willoughby cases. Because, you know, at some point, whatever good he was doing, he turned bad. And you got to get to the place where it turned bad. So I would go and look at all the cases. Where was the turning point? And then I would have to go and look at all those cases because when the young man gets to prison, everybody understands the tactics that Willoughby used on him. Everybody understood the tactics. It wasn't like he was an isolated case. I'm not understanding where the checks and balances are. I'm not understanding who is responsible for making sure that things are in order. You cannot tell me that it is okay to hold kids in 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 uh interrogation rooms without people knowing about where they are i i i don't i just find that unconscionable who who thinks that so now i guess the move was well we're just going to tape record every interrogation how about Kids are not allowed to be in any interrogation without the benefit of their parents, an attorney, or a guardian ad litem. None of that. 
I don't understand this. And, and if you're doing the interrogation, why would you want, why wouldn't you make the conditions concrete? Why, if you're a detective, why would you want to have all the things lined up correctly so that you could get the best possible answers, even if it's not the answers you want to hear? I don't like this fast and loose. We could lie. We could do it. And, and I get it. I watch the shows. You got to tell lies to get to the truth. I, I've seen it. We've all seen it. Pitting good cop, bad cop. Oh, your boy gave you up. He's just what he said. You know, all of that. I, I don't. And then, and then if that's not enough, that's not enough. The state's attorney, I think it's Clark. And and I and I and I know he's long since done some good stuff, put some good stuff in place, and got on the side of victims. But he was such an asshole when he could have righted this. And I don't know why he didn't write this. As for the life of me, I it's as if he didn't pick up the file and read it. He didn't ask any of the questions. I would have been like, who else we got for this? This the only one? This the, this kid who got no priors, who got nothing, riding a bike through town. Everybody we talked to on the DL saying, that kid didn't do that. He wasn't even around. And he, that's something he's going to have to live with for his whole life, I think. I don't think you, I think you can make peace with it. I think... There's not anything you would get forgiveness for. There's no forgiveness here. There's no forgiveness for any of this. What you have to do and what you have to accept is that this happened. I, I didn't have any courage. I was a coward. I was self-centered. I was ego-driven. I didn't care. And I allowed this travesty of justice to go on. And that's how you got face that. Cause ain't nobody gonna say sorry. I don't. You could well, say sorry for what? For for say sorry for not doing your job, for not being human, for not doing due diligence, for being overzealous, for being an asshole. And he was. I don't understand this. I need somebody to explain it. I need to sit in front of cops and be like, okay, tell me how this happens. Talk to me like I'm in the third grade. How does this work? How do, how do detectives run amok like this? They don't check evidence, they don't do nothing. And then they got, and, and this is how they get caught. They get caught out because one of the receipts don't match the time for the informant money. I, I don't get it. I, it's just, so this kid loses all of his time and he gets out to nothing, nothing, nothing. And then, and then I learned some new information. All the predatory lenders out there who make their living once it's found out that uh, they're going to file a, 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 you know, that he was uh, he he was he 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 was charged with a crime he didn't commit. Uh, there are there are. Or there are 
money handlers out there that once they get wind of that, they come to you with the offer of a loan so that you can, against what you might get based on the evidence presented, you know, and uh, I, I had no awareness of this, none, none. Uh, because folks come out and they, you know, they're, they're up against it. Wrong, wrongfully convicted folks. Uh, they've lost everything. And they come from people who don't have anything else to give. So if you need stuff, you might need an apartment. You might need a, a car. You need money to get a driver's license. I mean, you, there's so many things, so many things that you need. Uh, that you need that uh, can't be that, that you know that you need money for, and so so there's predatory lenders out there that will lend you the money, and you have to pay a hundred percent back, a hundred percent interest. <laughs> and so he does that. He gets the information from Scott Lewis, who borrowed money to build his empire, because uh, he got money, and, and you get you it, when you when they settle the case when they. Whatever, however way the state gives you back money for wrongfully convictions. They make the case, they figure out how much, and you pay it back. So he got a car. Somebody hits the car. He's without money. He has an attorney who is dedicated to his life, who likes him. It's just, it's just so much. It's just, it's so much. I think Nicholas Davidoff is having the wrong conversation about the way he approaches this, telling the story about this book. You know, I think he has to come at it from a different place to arouse people's imagination about this. You know, because I didn't, what, the way he talks about it is not the way, it, it, it set me up for, for a different experience. <laughs> and uh, and he thought I read the book because of the nature of our conversation. But I, I mean, I could talk to anybody about anything. I love talking to people. I love conversation. But now when I talk to him again, it'd be a different, it'd be a different damn conversation. Cause I I some of the, I still don't understand it. And I and I have to have a conversation with the chief because I, I need something, something has to give me a, a, a sense of something has changed so that we don't we don't get back here again. Like we don't get back here again. And uh uh and, and I and I and I will talk to these units. I was like, you know what? When you have police misconduct, you should lose your pension. That your pension should be on the table as a part of any settlement of police misconduct. I don't give a damn if you was on the force for 40 years. If you participate in police misconduct conduct and it could be proven, then you, your pension ought to be thrown in as part of the settlement. I know unions don't like that. I know they don't like it. I know, I know. And they're gonna mean face me when I see them. And they're gonna like, ooh, Beth. Ooh. I was like, I, I, you can't tell me, you can't tell me, this is wrong. It's just wrong. It's just, and here's the thing that bothers me too. This is just one example of wrong. How many other wrongs are there? I, I it took so much for me to get through this book because I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand the predatory stuff. I couldn't understand. Uh, uh, at oh, then the pike the Pike management people with their foolishness, you know, the renting of apartments. Oh my God, it's housing. I mean, it was so, it's so many, listen, there's so much blame. 
and misconduct in this book for everybody, community, churches, teachers. And he had teachers who cared deeply, you know. There's so much. People didn't go far enough in the questions that they were asking. People just didn't go far enough, you know. And, and then they were like, and they're asking him, why, why did why did you say you committed a why did you say yes? I get it. I under you have you talked to 14 and 15 year olds in your whole life? Have you? I dare say there, there, there are grown-ups who, if they were interrogated for long periods of time, there's a whole movie uh uh Ava Duvarnay did on the on the on the on the kids that got wrongfully wrongfully convicted of the, the Central Park jogging foolishness. They were in the park, but they wasn't nowhere near that woman. That It wasn't them. And yet Donald Trump called for the death penalty of these children. The death penalty took out full page ads in newspapers calling for the death penalty. I'm telling you, something has to change. And, and I, I cannot rest knowing this story. I, I have to get some answers to some questions that I have. I have to go to the chief and I have to have this conversation. How are detectives, what is the oversight of detectives? What is the oversight of police anyway? And, 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 and what is the oversight of state's attorneys? Who's in charge of checking facts? Who does that? Who, who checks over the checkers? It's, it's just a lot. It, I, I finished it. I'm glad I finished it on Martha's Vineyard because that is a very happy place for me. And, uh, and I'm glad in the end that this young man found some solitude for himself you know found some solitude and 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 started to learn to become an intellectual and started thinking critically about his life uh i guess that that's the bright side you know but so much was robbed so much so much was taken and I, I don't i don't think we can fathom the amount that was taken, you know, I don't think we can. And and to the and to the other folks who who were wrong wrongfully convicted and squandered money, I don't I don't care about that, you know. So they 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 passed a law July twenty twenty third that if kids are at the mall and under eighteen they can't be questioned without a parent there. Well, that that should be at the police department too, because kids can't make decisions. Kids can't kids can't consent to sex. They can't they can't. They can't buy cigarettes. They can't buy alcohol. We are so we we have a sense of what kids can't do. We've legislated some of that already. I don't think police officers should be talking to kids without parents, you know. And 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 sometimes parents need advocates because you have parents who might be intimidated and don't know and just want their kids not to be harmed. So there are parents who are like just tell them whatever they want to hear, so we can go on about our lives. And and that and that's that's dangerous, but I understand why they do it, 
because they just want to get out of the situation, you know, and they, and they get taken advantage of. So it's just, it's just a lot here for me to, I just feel so passionate about this that uh, I, I can't, I can't, I can't rest with knowing. I got to know some other things about this, you know. Uh, for me, this is the real work of the Civilian Review Board. This this is what the Civilian Review Board, they all should read this and then commit to doing this. Not all this other stuff that they think they want to work on. Work on these cases. Ask, ask, bring police officers in front of you and ask, okay, is everything cool with this? Did you do all the things? What's the steps? All the steps. Da, 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 da. I'm not in. I'm not done talking about this. I will be talking about this for a good while. I'm gonna bring some people on the show. We're gonna talk about it, a little, unpack it a little bit more. But it's the Yale Divinity School Citywide Read, uh, YDS Read. So they're gonna read it, and I'm gonna hear about them. And uh, uh, the the public library uh, is making this a read. Well, one of the ladies who runs the library, one of the librarians, she has a book club. They're reading this too. So. I don't want to sit in spaces with people. I, I want to have different conversations. So anyway, I'm, it's Tuesday. I hope you all are well. Stay dry. I'll be back tomorrow because tomorrow's Wednesday, the middle of the week. So thank you all for your time this morning. Harry, it's so good to see you. Welcome back. Paul Bass, I don't know if you're in town, but if you're in town, hey, what's happening? And uh, I think Paul left or has he left yet? I know he's on his way out. And uh, And I'll see you later. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove, for the first time in my life, I see I need love. There I was, giggling about the games that I had played with many hearts, and I'm not saying no names. Then the thought occurred, tear drops made my eyes burn, because I said to myself, look what you've done to her. I can feel it inside, I can't explain how it feels All I know is that I'm never dishing of the raw deal Playing make-believe, pretending that I'm true Holding in my laugh as I say that I love you Saying I'm more, kissing you on the ear Whispering I love you and I'll always be here Although I often reminisce, I can't believe that I found A desire for true love floating around Inside my soul, because my soul is cold One half of me deserves to be this way till I'm old But the other half needs affection and joy and the warmth that is created by a girl in a 